Hello, thank you so much. I'm a Canadian who always wanted to be a Texan. Isn't that funny? Yeah, I was 12 when my dad uh, decided he's a, he was one of the largest um, dairy farmers in Ontario, Canada, and a real estate broker. He decided he was going to you know, become a rancher in Texas. So we were down here looking at properties, and I was like, yes, I want to be a rancher in Texas. And then my mom said, what temperature does it get to in the summer around here? And I forget what the real estate agent said. And that, you know, that ended that one. But anyways, here I am in July. Thank you, Jesus. You know what? I love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We welcome you. Listen, I keep feeling I need to prophesy over you guys. So it's Andrew, and I'm so sorry. Emily, sorry, Emily. Can you just stand up for a second? You know, um, I was here, I think it was three years ago, and you guys were away, and I don't know if these guys remember, but I kept prophesying about their son, Andrew, and uh, I just want to declare, that I feel like the Lord is so raising you up for this time, your leadership, and the anointing that's upon you, and talk about convergence, but there's a convergence of the generations. The Lord is saying there's a convergence of the generations in this church where, you know, there's more and more even of these young families coming in of babies. Get your nursery ready because it's going to be a lot of babies, going to be a lot of, a lot of young families. But, you know, I just want to speak a blessing. Maybe your parents, uh, you know, you guys could just lay hands on them because I just want to speak a blessing where the enemy has sought to steal, kill, and destroy. But I tell you, the Lord is about to pour into you beyond measure, with, you know, beyond what you could contain of blessings. And we just bless you as you've sown in tears, you will reap with joy. And I, and I declare the leadership over you. You know, I just, I just feel like the Lord is anointing you with the horn of oil this morning. And there is something coming upon you of another level of the download of the power of the Holy Spirit. So Lord, fill this young man's mouth with your words and with wisdom. And I feel like you have cried out in the secret place. You've prayed for wisdom and the Lord will give you wisdom. And we bless you, Emily, even with an anointing of the prophetic that's going going to start to emerge more and more on your life. And we bless the intercession as well. So Lord, just fill them up and give them more. Give them more. And I just bless this also, the convergence that is here, fathers and sons, as well as I, I just see racial. Uh, this church is going to get way more diverse racially. It's just way too white. All right. But I, 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 we call in the races, we call in the generations, we call in, you know, those from India and those from Pakistan and those from Africa and those, the African American, because I feel like the Lord is saying, you know, that there is going to be this, this convergence of the races and hallelujah for that. You know, um, I, uh, yeah, I come from Catch the Fire. Literally, John Arnett bought a, John Arnett who leads, who founded Catch the Fire, he bought a farm down from my dad's farm when I was 10 years old. So I've known them that long. It was really interesting, but he was going to help drug addicts become farmers and that didn't work. But that's another story. Um, and so, you know, even just recently, we, we, we were just at these meetings of Cindy Jacobs, the Deborah Company meetings, you know, these prophetic women from all over. And uh, there was just this question in my heart saying, Lord, like, are these me, my people, you know, because I'm so used to this tribe that I've been in. And I so heard the Lord say, Patricia, my people are your people. Your people are my people. So in other words, I feel like we're going to lose tribal lines. Come on. There is a convergence of the streams. We do need each other. Just want to say, I, I just flew here from Kansas City. 
we have two daughters, three, three now coming to Kansas City, based out of Kansas City. Our, our daughter and son-in-law have just been, been put in charge of all of the House of Prayer, the IHOP House of Prayer uh, under Mike Bickle. And uh, I flew here from there, but did you know these last two weekends, there was a sovereign convergence of the streams in Kansas City. Just to tell you the story quickly, it was Francis Chan who said to Mike Bickle, I said, you know, I just, I've got time. I'm going to come for the first two weeks of July. Is that okay? And Mike's like, yeah, sure, come. And then, and then Andy Bird, you know, the Send, he's really from YWIM, but the Send, he said, oh, well, I want to come too. I said, okay, come too. And then uh, Chris Reed, who is, by the way, emerging as a phenomenal, accurate, prophetic voice in the genre of what Paul Kane used to carry, but he's now going to be taking over from uh, Rick Joyner in Morningstar. He's moving. He's just a kind of an unknown guy in his 30s from Illinois, moving to uh, Charlotte now. Anyways, he said, Mike, I've got the first two weeks of July off. Can I come? Mike's like, uh, yeah, sure, come. And then Ken Fish, Vineyard, do you remember Ken Fish, Vineyard? He said he's coming, and then he was going to take his friend Eric Metaxas. If you don't know Eric Metaxas' name, you need to know it because that guy is one of my favorite authors and one book the Lord is so highlighting that he wrote 600 pages is Bonhoeffer. Get the book, okay? Maybe if you those of you who are not readers, you know, you should be a reader, by the way, because we want to read our Bibles. But there's a, you can learn a lot from reading. Anyways, all these guys, Mike said, this is the most incredible uh, uh, event that I never organized. So, and so all these, you know, it was an incredible convergence of streams. And uh, I, it's too much to get into, but I just want to say this. The Lord is organizing orchestrating the John 17 unity that we walk together. And yes, we don't, we don't compromise, you know, the, the uncompromisable that Jesus is Lord, son of God, son of man, died on the cross, rose again. But the bottom line is, is that there's a whole lot more that we would have in common than we have separate from each other. And it's time that we really see the unity that Jesus prayed for. So that's where we're going to, you know, they're going to know. The world will know. I'll just say this too um, uh, quickly. Uh, speaking of Chris Reed, when in, back in 2019, he got a word from the Lord that when Prince Philip passed away, it was, a, it was a real sign of a new era for the church. And then he got this rhythm or this rhyme. It says when uh, the prince is passed, 418 will, will be released at last. He didn't know what the 418 meant, but he did know it meant Prince Philip. And uh, anyway, so he was asked for the first time ever to be in Kansas City. So that was, he was going to the leadership meeting that he was going to speak at on April 9th of this year. And as he's on the way there, he hears about Prince Philip passing. And let's back up to Paul Kane. How many of you know this story already? Am I telling the preaching to the choir? No. Okay. So Paul Kane's mom was 45 years old, pregnant with him. And she was uh, diagnosed with four terminal illnesses, double breast cancer, cancerous tumors in her womb, as well as um, um, another a TB. So anyways, so then an angel appears to her and says, you will be healed, which she was. You will give birth to a son. You're to name him Paul. He will be known as a prophetic voice. All right, all that happened. And now I'm not saying Paul Cain, uh, you know, didn't have failings. He did have failings. But I remember when Paul Cain would get in this zone, okay, it was like Mike Bickle said it too, 4,000 prophecies he's heard him say, and he never missed once in terms of somebody's name or address or phone number or whatever. And then just, I always received a prophetic word from Paul Cain that uh, just, it was, it was revolutionary. Anyways, all, all I want to say is this. So then when his mom, who's very prophetic, she was getting older and she said, the Lord said he's going to give me a, a prophetic word 
very significant before I die, but I don't know what it is yet. So he's like, okay. But she's like 92, 93, 94, 96. And he's like, mom, what's the prophetic word? She says, I don't know. God hasn't given it to me yet. Well, guess what? She became 105, 105. And she goes into a two-month coma. And so uh, Paul is saying to all his friends, pray for my mom to be healed. She's got to give me the prophetic word. And so here, you know, everybody's praying for a 105-year-old woman to come out of a coma. And so anyway, so then Paul calls uh, Mike Bickle and he says, hey, Mike, come because my mom's going to die tomorrow. And so Mike's like, how do you know? You? Forget it. It's Paul Kane. All right, I'm coming. Guess where she died? Right here in Dallas. In Dallas in 1994. So Mike comes, flies here. And what happens is he's in the room. The nurse is in the room. The mom who's in the coma. And Paul Kane. And all of a sudden, this mom, Anna Kane's her name, comes up out of the coma whispers something into Paul's ear and falls back in the bed and dies. And what was it? And by the way, what day was it? It was April 18 of 1994. And what was the word? It was this, that Luke 4:18 was going to be crucial scripture for him as well as for those connected with him. And it was going to help usher in a new era in the body of Christ. And what, hap- what time did she die exactly? Mike Bickle saw it. 418 on April 18. Come on, somebody. And then when uh, when when Chris is getting this word, what? So the prince dies on on um, April 9th of this year, which, by the way, was happened to be the the day of my dad's funeral, my dad's birthday today. 91 years old, he would have been. But anyways, that's another story personal to me. But uh, when um, when Paul came, uh, so this, many of our pastors have said and said, there's something that has shifted since 418. I believe it. I believe there is a, not just a new season, a new era, say new era. Now we just need to walk in it. The enemy has been raging and wanting to shut down what all these prophecies built 2020. Remember the prophecies? Do you know that there was going to be 20 stadium events in 2020? And most of them, of course, were shut down because of COVID. But God has not forgotten his prophecies. And he's not forgotten his words. And there is a shift that is coming that is upon us. And it's time that we just begin to call it in and walk it in. You know, I was in Alaska recently. And uh, just a couple weeks ago, and I remember we were, we were in Anchorage having dinner, and I could see on a ticker tape over this server uh, stomach, I thought, that is really weird, God, there's nothing visibly wrong with her stomach, but anyways, it, just to give a little example, and, and I, I just said, is there something wrong with your stomach to our server? And she goes like, she says, I have tumors in my stomach. I said, well, we can pray for you. Holy Spirit came upon her. She radically got saved. She felt, I felt it too. The power of the Holy Spirit hit her. And now she, she connected with my friend in Anchorage. And anyways, she's going to be discipling her. But you know what? We are to start to bring the kingdom wherever we're going. It's not just in the church. Hallelujah for in the church. But you want to know something? God is sending a revival outside the walls of the church that where we go because when you go fishing where do you go where the fish are fishes and you know what (laughs) the fish there's a lot of fish out there so anyway so God is doing a new season and Haggai 2 I think is a real uh important scripture yet once more I will shake the heavens and the earth has there been a shaking what do you think Ever seen anything in your lifestyle of your life of, you know, the nation standing at attention, the economy standing at attention, but read on that they would come to the desire of all nations and the silver is mine and the gold is mine. And 
It goes on to say the glory of the latter house will be greater than the former. Come on. If there's a key scripture of this COVID season, that's it. Haggai 2. And there is, I tell you, there's more and more people coming to salvation, coming to the, the desire of all nations. And the, there's a transference of wealth into the kingdom of God. I don't know how many of you have gone through downturn or whatever, but watch out. God is about to transfer wealth, and he's already doing it. Come on. You know, it's like, Father, we receive that. We receive it. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine. You know, God is not uh, taken by uh, an economy. He's way bigger than the economy. God wants to ridiculously bless his faithful people. This is not the time to stop giving or tithing. Right? You want to live under that blessing. But there is a transference of wealth, and I believe it, that the glory of what is coming, the glory of the latter house, is so much greater than the former. Come on. Somebody say amen. I just want to say this for Texas, too. I, I, I feel like Texas is going to continue to stand against ungodliness. I don't know if you have felt like, well, you know, we got all these people moving into Texas. There's a mass migration to Texas. You know, that's a sign of God's blessing. But, but here's the thing. Some of them are coming in. You're like, they don't vote the way that I would vote. And they don't, you know, they don't look the way. But I would just say this too. God is also bringing a whole lot of people migrating or coming to Texas that are agents of great blessing. Let me give you one example. Marcella and Brian uh, Barcelona, who are now in Dallas from California. Phenomenal. You want to get to know that name. She just started a online Instagram, Women Well Gathering. My daughter is one of the leaders of that too. But you know what? They have 12,000 women following them now. It is powerful stuff. Anyway, but what I want to say for Texas is I felt like the Lord's saying that Texas is going to continue to even... Um, even in the governmental level, going to continue to buck the system coming from Washington. You know, I, I'm not saying that Texas is going to secede, but I do feel like Texas is going to stand and say, no way, no way, we're not doing that. And I feel like there's an anointing of Texas to lead the way in so many ways where others are thinking it, others are wanting to do it, but Texas has got the guts to stand. And so you're, you're going to see that happen more and more. And I just want to speak blessing over your governor. Hallelujah. Like, bless him and bless the one. And I, I just felt to say to you, don't be worried or, oh, my goodness, you know, people are coming in here, but they're not. No, don't, don't worry. God's got this. God's got this. But there's a special anointing on Texas uh, that I, 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 like a preservation. And anyway, so I just speak that over you. And I, I felt like the Lord reminded me of that. And it's going to continue to. Um, it's, it reminds me of England saying to the EU, forget you. You know what I mean? But that was a succession. That was an exit. But I don't necessarily see that. But I do feel that you're going to continue to stand against ungodly laws and ungodly things. So I don't even know how, I'm a Canadian, so what do I know? But I'm not even sure that it all works. But Lord, we agree in Jesus' name that Texas will stand on godly principles, on the ways of the Lord, and, and just the Lord has given you chutzpah, you know? Anybody know? Anybody know some Jewish around here? Chutzpah. Come on, some guts to say, no way. So, Father, thank you. Pour it out in Jesus' name. You know, I'm going to speak a message which I felt like the Lord said, but it's a bit almost like more pastoral. But I had a dream uh, just a bit ago, and in the dream I woke up and the Lord was saying, I am going to set my people free from, from anxiety, from fear, from discouragement. And even this morning, I do really feel like the Lord is saying that he's going to set, uh, it's almost like a regional thing of oppression. I feel like God is about to really break oppression. So I do want to give this message that the Lord just placed 
in my heart. Uh, and, and, and basically, you know, I was on an airplane one time. The Lord was, I felt like he was speaking to me and he's saying, I, I, did you know that there's three levels of destiny? And I was like, no, but tell me. And, and I felt like him saying this, there's your internal destiny. That's like what's going on inside of you and me. Like, do you like you? <laughs> you know, guess what? You go everywhere you go. So hopefully you like you. And, uh, that, you know, the state of our mind, the state of our peace, the state of our joy. But then there's our external destiny. That's the things that we do. We're called to make a difference on planet Earth. You know, honestly, make your head spin to listen to some of these women at these Deborah Company meetings. You're like, they're Nobel Peace, Pri- uh, Peace Prize winner no- nominees. And it's like, oh, my goodness. You know, it, it was incredible, really. But all of us are called to do something, all right? Like, in other words, to make a difference on planet Earth. Otherwise, when you become a Christian, you could just go right to heaven. But no, God has you to be salt and light, right? So that's your external destiny. Then your eternal destiny, which is extremely important, of course, is where we're going to spend eternity, you know, and we want to make sure we're getting that one right, you know, like truly through the blood of Jesus. But what I want to major on is really, this has to do with our internal destiny. And so what, by the way, is the word for peace in Hebrew, you know it, shalom. But shalom means so much more than what we think when we say the word peace, because this, here's the definition of shalom. It means completeness, wholeness, health, welfare, safety, soundness, tranquility, prosperity, perfectness, fruitfulness, rest, harmony, prosperity, uh, uh, the absence of agitation or discord. And the root is shalam, which means to be perfect or complete or whole. Now listen to this verse in Psalm 35, 27. It says, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. But that word prosperity is actually shalom. Who has shalom in his servants. In other words, do you want to know something? When we really get shalom and when we really live shalom, God is magnified. God is magnified. Anybody want a bit more shalom? Hopefully you do. I do. You know, this is, this is really what the whole human race is, is looking for, is this shalom. And this is exactly what God wants to give us. And, and in it, he will be magnified. He will be exalted. So let's look for a moment. Um, by the way, do you know that there's only a few things the scriptures say to really pursue? We're to pursue uh, right knowledge of the Lord. That's Romans, uh, uh, sorry, Hosea 6 talks about pursue righteousness. We're to pursue the Lord himself. And, you know, Paul said, I, I, I count it all as rubbish. I mean, gain Christ. I press on. Hallelujah. But it says here, two different references at least, it says that we are to pursue peace. We are to pursue shalom. So my prayer today is that we actually take it upon ourselves. That we're, come on, I'm going after this thing. I'm going after shalom. In what way has the enemy robbed me of shalom? What way has the enemy robbed this church or this our families? Because come on, we're going to go after this thing. Here's some shalom stealers. Number one, willful sin. Do you know willful sin will rob us of our peace? This is what this is. Uh, listen to this one from John Mark Comer. He's a really good author, by the way, a pastor from um, Portland, Oregon. But he said this: sexual immorality and pornography are one of the primary causes of depression around the world. It is impossible to be addicted to porn and have a happy, healthy, joy, and peace-filled life. And I would wholeheartedly agree with that. And we heard one of the women this weekend who is helping those coming out of sex trafficking. And, 
you know, that's what's fueling, porn industry is fueling the sex trafficking slavery, as well as absolutely wreaking havoc on families, marriages, and on and on. We could talk about that. But willful sin, whatever it is, it robs us of peace. What about bitterness, unforgiveness, offense? I mean, nasty, nasty spirits of offense. Guess what? You and I cannot afford to have that in our life. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Speaking of my dad, you know, I just worked, you know, through forgiveness for years. He was raised in the Netherlands during the Nazi occupation. Uh, and he was, it was, it was, you know, pretty crazy in his childhood. And so he didn't get healing and was very similar to what his dad was. But so working through that forgiveness, so crucial. But even now, you know, there's times that I've got this... <laughs> I got this list in my Bible. It's really small letters. I'm not sure why, but those small letters are those that have, you know, have hurt me at times. And then the Lord has showed me the way of really, truly getting away from offense, totally free, is to bless them and pray for them. I actually pray for them every day. I have this list, you know. And uh, the Bible says to be as much as possible, be at peace with all men. So sometimes you're like, well, I've done everything, God. Okay, good. But then now make sure you're praying for them too. And watch what God does. Like I've seen it. Like, you know, things turn around. All of a sudden I get this email that's random. It's like, oh my goodness, you're on that prayer list. I'm not telling you that you're on that list, but you're on that list. So bitterness, unforgiveness, offense. And then worry. Do not worry. It says, uh, actually Psalm 37.7 says, do not fret. It only causes harm. <laughs> Don't fret. It only causes harm. It's absolutely, you know, anxiety is temporary atheism. <laughs> it's like, woo, that's not our inheritance. It's not our inheritance. Here's another one, laziness. That's interesting. How can laziness steal us of our shalom? Why? Because you and I are created to work. Did you know that? It's actually going back to the Garden of Eden. Even in the Garden of Eden, Adam was to tend the garden, garden to actually do something. So if, you know, there's a couch potato lifestyle of, you know, video games and whatnot, guess what? It is a peace stealer. It is a joy robber. We are created to do something. Even if it means volunteer. I've done so much voluntary work. It's crazy. But you know what? There's a joy. That's Matthew 25. When we're using our talents, what does it say there? Enter into the joy of your master. When you're multiplying your talents, when you're using what God gave you to do. Another peace robber is the other end of the spectrum, which is overwork, which is work, you know, you know, workaholic. By the way, did you know that the average income where the most joy in the population is 75000 uh, a year? So above 75000 actually uh, joy or happiness drops off. Isn't that interesting? You know, and I understand for poverty, it's a little hard sometimes to, you know, Feed your kids, and that's little, little, you know, can rob your joy as well. But in other words, more, 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 more is not the solution. And also, this is another interesting statistic that the uh, the there's a, a, a flat line of where work hours per week and beyond them, you actually get less productive, and that's 50 hours a week. So if you work more than 50 hours a week, you're actually less productive than if you work. Uh, 50 or less. Even 50 is high. But here, you know, here's my point. Workaholism doesn't work. It's counterproductive. I love Psalm 127 in the New American Standard. It says this, it's vain to rise up early and retire late and eat the bread of painful labors for the Lord gives to his beloved even in their sleep. 
Now, that's not a uh, verse to say the sluggard. There's lots of sluggard ones, too. Understand what I'm saying here. But we're created to do something. We're created to work. Here's another one. Of course, the sins done against. They steal our peace, like abuse, and that obviously needs healing. And then there's other just struggles, like perfectionism. Everything has to be perfect. Or introspection, navel-gazing, overthinking, you know, oh, I should have done that, what I should have, could have, what if, what if, what if, what if. That just robs you of your peace. It robs you of your joy. And also, um, narcissism, that's a nasty one. Me, 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 me. And, uh, you know, all of this ingratitude as well. So let's look at, you know, the hard essentials, of course, we know about repentance. Repentance. Turn. Turn the other way. Turn from your sin. I remember when I was getting free of a lot of, you know, a few years of spirit of stupid. Anybody has spirit of stupid? Is it only in Canada? I'm sure it's in Texas too. Spirit of stupid. You know, it's just a few years of God. I just totally messed up. I love you, but I've just been drawn into this wrong relationships, yada, yada. And I remember when the Lord was, I, I was turning to the Lord and saying, forgive me. I love you. I was getting washed and cleansed. It was a, a, a dramatic experience with the Lord. It was cleansing my eye gates, cleansing my ears, my mouth, every part of my body that had engaged in wrong uh, sexual stuff prior. Like this was before I'm, I married Mr. Perfect, by the way. So that was before I got married. Anyways, that's another story. So uh, I, as I'm getting free of this, I hear the Lord say to me this. He said, let uh, go and sin no more. And then he said, let the dog not return to its vomit. And I'm like, are you calling me a dog? And I'm like, that's in the Bible. In other words, go and do not even get near all of that stuff that, that sucked you in the first place. Do you know what? We, we can say, okay, I, I want to turn. I want to repent. But then, you know, for me, there was a three and a half year relationship with this guy. And the Lord said, get rid of anything he ever gave you. Give, uh, uh, get rid of all the pictures. And I said, I should pray for him, Lord. And the Lord said, I don't even want you praying for him. I'm going to send other people to pray for him. I want you free of him. So do you know that sometimes we just need to walk, run, actually, as Joseph did, flee. Get rid of everything that sucks you into that lifestyle. And, you know, working and mentoring uh, some amazing women, but there's one gal, you know, who's really wrestled with uh, alcoholism. I'm like, you know what? I, I said to her, zero, like zero, not one drop of alcohol. I'm asking you to do, oh, well, come on, you know, well, what, you know, it's your life. You can do what you want. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about? It's not a great idea to become a bartender if you're trying to get free of alcohol. So it's like, come on, get rid of, any, what did the Bible say? Cut out your eye. Get rid of your hand. I mean, that's pretty severe. But the point is, get rid of everything in your life that sucks you into that lifestyle. And the Bible, uh, I, I, somebody said this to me years ago, and they said this, is your fire melting that ice, or is that ice putting out your fire? So you've got a lot of amazing young people. And I've seen way in 26, 7 years of pastoring, I've seen too, too many amazing young people go away from the faith because of the relationships they engaged in or who they end up marrying or, or whatever. And I, I, I don't know. This is, this is my opinion. I, I have uh, six kids. We have six kids. I wrote a book on parenting. It's called uh, Raising Burning Hearts. But uh, to the glory of God, all of our kids passionately love the Lord. But there were some things, you know, the Lord just said, raising kids countercultural. Come on, somebody. This culture is going this direction. I want my kids going in the, in the ways of the, of, the, of the Bible, biblical, 
biblical worldview. Our family will operate from a biblical worldview. And you know what? We want you blessed and having great jobs and all that, but it, it, as far as us, we whatever. I mean, 80% of young people that love Jesus go to secular universities and lose their faith. Or I thought, eh, I don't think it's worth it for us. We're just going to do something over here. And guess what? Our kids are ridiculously blessed financially. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, God's ways are upside down. And the world says, you got to do this. And, and what does the Lord say? What does the Lord say? And that we, we need people getting their PhDs and all that stuff. So that's great. I, I went to a secular university. But I, what I'm trying to say is this. It's like, hear the Lord. Because guess what? He's the best father. He knows how to parent better than you do. And so getting his wisdom is super, super, super helpful. Anyway, so yes, the heart essentials, as we know, and, and you know those. But how do we, um, how do we get shalom? I, I want shalom. Hopefully you want shalom. Well, obviously Jesus. Listen to this, Isaiah 53. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. Ah, the chastisement, he took it. Our shalom comes from, obviously, this prince of peace, the chastisement for our peace. So we receive it, obviously, from him, first and foremost, going after this, going after the Greek word uh, for peace is Irene, which means light. It means lightness, that we go after the light. We continue to live in the light. So Jesus himself, you know, um, uh, we have, uh, so I mentioned our six kids. We have one daughter. Uh, well, her name is Phoebe, and she had an immunization at 18 months old, which changed, which changed her. You want to talk to me about immunizations? Maybe you don't, because it's controversial. But anyways, here, uh, Phoebe, uh, so, uh, you know, anyways, long story, but Phoebe lost all the words she had, and yada, yada. And so I remember, first of all, Really, really um, taking that on myself. Why did I let her have that needle? Why did I let her have that needle? Well, I couldn't sleep. I was so, and I'm like, God, you know, you, we pray for our kids and in the womb. And Lord, I don't get it. What? And it was just, you know, all of this, this crazy anxiety I was feeling. And I remember one time when I'm in the Toronto church on the front row. And I know this is really bizarre, but I was in a vision that I was in the boat with the disciples when the, when the wind and the rain and the, the, the storm. You know the story, right? And I am literally feeling seasick. It's so real. I'm in this vision that I, and I knew it had to do with my daughter, Phoebe. And we've been praying, you know, Lord, Phoebe, help Phoebe, heal Phoebe. And all, and Carol Arnett comes over to me and she just said this, what's the matter with you? I said, I don't know, but it's, I, you know, it's Phoebe and I'm in the boat with the disciples. And she said this, peace, be still. That's it. And something lifted off my life. And ever since then, it's just I've had such an incredible peace. And, you know, Phoebe went on to actually, uh, uh, in, the, in Canada, the Catholic uh, system is brilliant. Um, she just, she graduated from high school. She even went to college, went through a culinary program. Pre-COVID, she had a job at a restaurant. She's doing fantastic. I'm in regular contact with her. She is in Canada. But um, it, it's like something of sovereignty came upon me. And I realized that, you know, sometimes the enemy just wants to bring an oppressive spirit of anxiety and worry and regret and guilt. And it's like, we need shalom that comes because the chastisement for our peace fell upon him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here's another one, the mind. 
you know, there's so many references, as we know in Ephesians 4, it talks about be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Or how about uh, Isaiah 26, 3 says this, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Whoa. 2 Corinthians 10, taking every thought captive. Come on, church. You know what? It actually takes some effort to do this. Has anybody tried to do that? Have you ever tried to do that? I recommend you do. Try to pay attention to everything you're thinking about. If you do it for a while, you'll, you, and you start to say, you know what? No, oh, can't afford to have that thought in my mind. I like what Bill Johnson said. I can't afford to have a thought in my mind that God doesn't have in his mind about me. So in other words, I had so much negative thoughts and so much, you know, you can't do that. And why'd you say that? And that's really dumb. And, da, 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 da. and it was like, uh, it's just breeds insecurity, breeds anxiety. And so what, you know, I began to pay attention to my thinking. And it was, uh, it was Mark Verkler, the Baptist pastor, learned to hear God's voice. He said 80% of many Christians' thinking is negative. And only 20% is part of it. And by the way, everything negative is from the enemy and everything positive is from God. Whoa. Why are we giving the enemy so much airtime in our head? You know, it's like, whoa. So I decided to wage war on my own thought life. And after a while, it gets easier and easier. You You know, some of what it is, really, it is replacement tactic. It is when a negative thought comes that you start to uh, quote a, a passage of the Bible, start to memorize just a few key scriptures, or begin to purposely change thinking. You know my friend Stacey Campbell, she was bulimic. She, was a, uh, she would purge all the time, eat, purge, eat, purge. And what set her free? Everything, she tried everything to get free. She couldn't get free. What got her free was when she began to memorize passages from the Bible and just began to quote them whenever she was ready to purge or to, or to you know, um, to throw up. And so, come on, somebody, the power of the Word of God. Jesus said, it is written. It is written. So it's like, I don't, I don't want to give the enemy because this is our destiny. Our mind is such a precious, you know, guess what? Your mind, who you are, you know who you are, you know your friends, you know your, you're going to go to heaven with that mind. So praise God, we'll get a renewed mind. But I, I'm trying to say that it is, it is a war that is worth waging, that we began to say, no way. I'm not going to just let any old thing come in my mind or any old, or guard my eye gates. What's coming in through a screen? Come on, there's a big war right there is what is coming, you know, turn it off, (laughs) turn it off. Sometimes we need to just turn off the news. By the way, I think the best news is 700 Club, all right? I want to get a plug for Pat Robertson, 700 Club. You get to know what you need to know, but you don't get it from a slanted viewpoint. And so anyways, all these things, the guarding our mind. So there's something about the emotions. I feel like the, the Lord is really highlighting how emotions of many of his church are so all over the place. We need to process our emotions. There's this course telling you guys about it, the connection codes. It really is good. But listen to this. They talk about intense emotions shut down cognition. Did you know that? What's happening in America right now? Road rage. Road rage. Have you seen that? What's happening? Or, or domestic abuse. R- intense emotions shut down cognition. In other words, anger Fear, jealousy, rage, all these things cause people to do stupid things that they regret later. And that's called, that's the intense emotions. And unprocessed emotions also hinders cognition. Do you know what? We need to process pain. 
We need to process. Do you know that the body, uh, the psyche, does not differentiate between physical pain or emotional pain. It's just all pain. And if we are not, you know, we, we want to deal with that headache, but how about you deal with the ache of the soul? You know, recently there's uh, something came out in my family. To be really honest with you, I'll just say this. It's the will. <laughs> you know, and I, <laughs> anyways, there's seven of us kids, and I'll just, I'll just say this. It was, it was painful. And I remember saying to my siblings, you know, some of them are calling me, and I'm like, you know what? i just say this. You know what? The state of our heart is more important than the state of our bank account. So let's just not worry about it, you know? That, it's a great, great, uh, you know, statement. It was right, you know. I said, let's forgive, 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 uh, as the millions are all going to one sibling. But anyways, that's another story. But then uh, one of my friends said to me, she said, Patricia, you know, you're right about forgiveness and all that. But she said, have you ever really processed the pain? of that will? And I was like, not really. And then all of a sudden, ah! you know, I, it, it was like all of this pain and I was just weeping and weeping and just the pain of that. And what happened after that? I felt cleansed. I felt cleansed. Do you want to know something? We need to process pain. It's not to just stuff a lid on it and say, well, I'll deal with that in a few decades. Guess what? It's going to come out some way. And so processing and saying, God, I give you this pain. And, and when I used to be a nurse, right, I ended up as an emergency room nurse. But let me say this. When you have an infection or a boil or some sort of pus in there, guess what the remedy is? IND, incision and drainage. You got to get that stuff out. And God wants to get out of us some of the pain and the trauma that we have endured in life because it's going to come out in cracks somewhere if it's not. So it's worth it. It is worth it. You know your vehicle when you drove in today, you have a bigger front windshield than you do a rear view mirror. But you also have a rear view mirror to sometimes look back in order to know, God, i got to look back at my life in order to get healed and free so I can go forward. And that is processing the things that we've gotten. You know, this one guy, I was praying for this one guy. He, was, he, was, he actually talked flat. He, he was like, you know, talking like this. And I was like, oh, man, I was praying for this guy. He's like, you know, his wife is like, I can't, get, I can't reach him. His emotions, like he doesn't have emotions. And so I was saying, well, I was praying for him. And then I just, I don't know, in my prayer, I said something about Spock. You know, Spock, do you know what Star Trek? And so I'm like, Spock. And then he opens his eyes and says, I've always admired Spock. And I'm like, that is a problem right there. Let's not admire Spock. And by the way, how did Spock become a character on Star Trek? From Dr. Spock, back in my mother's and beyond generation. How many of you know about that? That guy taught parents, say, don't be spoiling that kid. You know, get him into a routine. And I'm not saying routines are bad. But he's saying, don't be spoiling him. Don't coddle that baby. Give him that bottle. Put him in the crib. Let him cry. It'll be fine, fine, fine. Guess what? A whole generation uh, came out of that who didn't know how to deal with emotions. Flatline. Come on, somebody. We need some emotion here. And it's okay to, you know, it's healthy to cry. It's healthy. If I haven't been in, you know, weeping in God's presence for a bit, I get worried about myself. I want my heart tender. I hope you do too. And some of you are like, what do you mean? I got to cry. No, I, it's just, I, what I'm trying to say is the Lord wants us to really feel, feel joy, feel love. And sometimes we need that compassion to feel pain with somebody else too. Say, so I'm just sitting here. I'm not, I don't have a solution to your pain, but I'll just be with you through it. C care. Jesus was moved with compassion. 
He was moved with compassion. So, you know, also the things of words. Words will help set us into a course of shalom. When it says, um, it says this, life and death are in the power of the tongue. You know that Proverbs 18, 21. What are the words coming out of our mouth? Let's pay attention. Do you want to know something? This is, this is a true study from, it's called Count, Counting Blessings Versus Burdens. And it is this, when we have a thanksgiving journal, if you actually start to be thankful, what does it say in um, Psalm 100, verse 4? Enter his gates with what? Thanksgiving. And his courts with what? Praise. You know, when um, uh, Gabriel, my daughter, when, when they're in part of some of the meetings I wasn't in in Kansas City with all these leaders, I said, hey, Gabe, give me a theme. What do you think from the theme? She said, you know, surprising, Mom, one of the main themes was thankfulness. I was like, wow, because God's been teaching me about thankfulness. Eucharistio, that's the Greek word for thankfulness, Eucharistio. And in it is grace. There's a grace to have thanksgiving that what? It actually makes us more joy-filled when we are thankful. Now, here is a study. When we uh, have a thanksgiving journal and you write out things that you're thankful for on a regular basis, this is what happens. Your hypothalamus in your brain is activated, producing dopamine. And, um, and then it does this, it have better sleep, decreased pain levels, decreases stress, decreases anxiety and depression, increases energy, lengthens your lifespan, decreases blood pressure, boosts immune system, improves self-esteem, increases productivity, job performance, and makes one more likable and happy. Come on. Do you think maybe it's time to be thankful? You know, when I hear people complain about America, I'm like, you have no idea. Go live in another country for a while. Go live somewhere else because truly this country is blessed. And it's time that we start to say, thank you, God, for America. Thank you, God, for a turn on the tap and the water flowed. Went into a grocery store and you could buy groceries. Freedom of, I can talk right now and not get arrested read my Bible. You know, North Korea, not too long ago, 80 executions at the same time in 10 different cities. What was their crime? They had a Bible. That's it. I smuggled Bibles into China when I was about 18 with Jackie Pollinger, you know, her missionary. And I'm telling you, I, I never was the same again. As we're delivering Bibles to the underground church in China, they're risking their life to get this Bible from us. And I had five or six at home collecting dust. I think I was 19 years old. And it, I said, God, I'm going to be a woman of the word. I'm going to be, I love the Bible. I really do. And teach your kids to love the word of God. Come on, there's so much to be thankful for. So much to be thankful. Get a Thanksgiving journal. Write it out. The sunset or whatever. And, and there's, you know, one of the things during COVID the Lord has taught me too and is, is about, did you know that Bob Jones prophesied this back in 2009? Bob Jones, he went to heaven in 2014, and he said the decade of the 2020s was going to be a decade of the rest of God. What? How did he know that? He died in 2014. The rest of God. We're thrown into a pandemic. Everybody is like, you know, at home or whatever. But the Lord began to speak to me and saying, Patricia, most of my body have not honored Sabbath. As a matter of fact, you haven't either. And I'm like, busted, busted, busted. Like meaning, yes, I would take a day off, but then guess what? That's when you get caught up in laundry. That's when you go through your emails. That's when you keep answering all those ridiculous text messages. Boy, the Americans love to text. My text blew up after moving here. 
But then it was like, he said, turn off your phone, turn off your computer. And this is three things I'm asking you to do. More time with me, time with family, and get out. I surprised me. He said, get out into nature. Go listen to the birds sing and go see the beauty of the trees and the flowers. I'm like, do you know what the Japanese call that? They call it forest bathing. It's when you, there's something of your soul is refreshed when you get out into nature. So we've been doing that since COVID started. I'm like, okay. And guess what? It's the fourth commandment. Hello. It's right up there with don't murder and don't steal. But somehow we've gotten away and saying, well, you know, Jesus, no, 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 Jesus said, Jesus didn't do away with the Sabbath. He just said, not the rules and regulations, but he said that uh, Sabbath was made for man. It's made for us. And I have found my dream life taken off. I've found my prophetic, my ability to just hear God and whatever. My time is up. Yes, but the point is this. Come on, church. Can we all say, I think I need a Sabbath rest. We do it the Jewish way. We do it Friday uh, sundown till Saturday sundown. You can do whatever you want. I think it just depends. But God is wanting us to absolutely get into the rhythms of his grace. And our joy level, our peace level, our shalom will increase. When we do things, you know what, by the way, you know what Sabbath is? Can I have a keyboardist up here? The Sabbath is this. It's humility. That's humility. It's humility because, you know, you're saying, God, I will take one day to not work and do all the things I, you know, should do, want to think I should do. And I'm just going to trust you that with the, just like my tithe, give you my tithe, the rest of the money is going to go farther. Give you my time, I'm going to give you a day that I do those things. I'm just going to, you know, more time with you, time with family, play games, whatever. You know what, by the way, parents, a little farther along now because our youngest is 18. And just say, you know, the time really does go fast. It really does. It's so precious, you know, those years when they're home and Ah, such an honor. One of the most important, that's the discipleship right there. I don't want to win the world and lose my kids, all right? So just take the time. But here's, here's the deal. The Sabbath is so critically important, I believe, that the Lord is saying he wants to do that. And we can trust him. I love Corey Tim Boom. She's one of my heroes, and she said this, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Let's all stand up. <clears throat> I wish I could say to you that there's no more shakings coming in the world, and that would be a lie. Because Isaiah 60 made it strong and clear that deep darkness covers the earth. But, say but, the glory of the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. So there's more shakings coming. I don't know what they look like. I do know anti-Semitism is rising. That's another conversation about Israel started an online house of prayer for Israel in um, April to my shock it went 24-7 it's called Israel Virtual House of Prayer that's another story for another day but we need to stand with Israel and the Jewish people anti-Semitism has risen to unprecedented levels even during COVID university campuses the enemy's raging by the way, why? Why do you think? Why Why does everybody hate the Jews? What do they, what do, they do? It's found in Matthew 23, 37 to 39. Because Jesus said, you will see me no more, speaking to the leaders of Israel and the Jewish people, you will see me no more until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Our Savior and their Messiah 
is coming when they recognize him. That's Romans 9, 10, 11. So we're supposed to provoke them to jealousy. How are you going to do that? Love them. Not because they're virtuous or because they're nice. Because they're God's chosen people. There's an Abrahamic covenant that's eternal. So what I'm saying is this. When we get on God's agenda, that's the safest place to be. That's the safest place to be. We don't need to worry what's coming down. God's got this. You're raising kids, trust them with a Savior who knows all things. So, Lord, here we are. We come before you as your people. We love you, Lord. I want to pray right now that there would be a breaking of every spirit of oppression in the name of Jesus. There's a spirit of oppression that's getting broken off even this region right now in the name of Jesus. A spirit of oppression, oppressive thoughts, oppressive motions, oppressive spirits. Even for some, I, I see some in the night, in the night where it's affected some in the night in Jesus' name. Father, we come before you today and we say the chastisement of our peace was upon you. We're asking for you to invade this morning. Come, Holy Spirit, break forth in Jesus' name. If you need more shalom, I, I just want you to come forward. We're going to pray right now. But it's just before the Lord, you're coming forward to say, I'm just, I'm here to meet with you, God. It's not even so much about who prays for you. It's like, here I am, God. I want more. I am hungry. I am hungry to give you my thought life, which has been all over the map. I am hum hungry to give you my emotions, which have been up and down. I am hungry, Lord, to give you everything of me, to turn away from every worst, worthless thing that has robbed me. You know what? There's an ending of robbery in Jesus' name. Ah, come on. Church, I feel like we're still war here for a bit. That's okay with you. If you need to go, you can go or get your kids or whatever. But we're going to war. Feel, I felt so clearly the Lord was saying, I just submit this, but I feel like clearly he was saying, you, you're going to war against the spirit of oppression. Of oppression in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Any oppressive assignments that even tr have tried to come upon Convergence Church, we just pray right now. In G Maybe we can have some of you guys come up here. Angel, could you come up and, and the fishes here? Come up here. Let's just, I, I don't know. Father, come in the name of Jesus. Break forth right now. First of all, anxiety, panic attacks. Panic attacks. Some of you have children with panic attacks. The Lord is waging war for your own children right now. In Jesus' name, panic attacks. We rebuke you through the power of the blood of Jesus. Anxiety goes in Jesus' name. Rage goes in Jesus' name. Father, shalom, shalom, shalom. Pour in shalom on a new, a new level. Shalom comes. Father, let the fire of the Holy Spirit come. Let the fire, some of you, even, you know, Steve uh, was asking us to kneel earlier, but some of you, it, it may be good to kneel for some. I feel like the Lord is saying it's time even to just say, God, I give you this relationship or I give you this snare. You know, what does it say in Psalm 91? He says, I will deliver you from the fouler snare. And I feel for some, it's time to say, I give you this thing that has been like a snare to me, Lord. That, I don't know, this, this, this thing through the eye gates, that relationship 
whatever it is. God, we give you the snare. Come on, somebody. Yes, Lord. We give you the snare today. Whatever's hooked us in, remove every legal right of the enemy in Jesus' name. We repent before you. We humble ourselves. I had to repent for not honoring Sabbath. Somebody here needs to repent for not honoring Sabbath, the fourth commandment. God, we repent before you. We want to get in the rhythms of God's grace. We want to get in the rhythms of your grace, God. We want to do, be obedient to your word. Come, Holy Spirit. But you are setting people free of oppression in Jesus' name. Yeah, I just really sense that there's just the stirring of the waters. And I just, I just feel that invitation that Marcy was talking about today. That right now, in the name of Jesus, that it is a choice. And where there has been agreements that the enemy truly is a legalist. And where you choose to come out of agreement with lies in our thought life. That our thought life, just as Patricia was sharing, that our thought life, that there's power in our thought life. And in that place where we're in agreement with fear, it gives a fragrance in heaven. There's, a, there's also where we release and activate our faith and we take action, that there is a, knock, a knocking. So I feel right now in the name of Jesus, as we choose that even that small lie of belief, I just ask, Holy Spirit, come. Would you come and highlight right now in the hearts of even lies that we agreed with that we didn't even know that we're walking out? And God, would you come right now and just bring by a displacement of a purging, God, that you would come and we would receive your peace, your shalom. Just right now, just put out your hands. Peace is a person. His name is Jesus. Just receive in over your minds right now the peace of God that surpasses all understanding would guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Just right now, just receive his grace. Receive his love. There's an exchange that's happening as that plumb line that is there that you're walking out salvation as you walk out in the spirit of truth and love. like you know God said love the Lord your God with all your heart all your soul all your mind and all your strength he wants us strong he wants our strength I feel like part of what he's doing in this today is he is renewing our strength he's renewing your strength he's he is like literally, like I see strength being infused. It's part of shalom. That as shalom comes, a fresh strength is coming. 
we just receive that. We just receive that, Jesus. Yes, yes. The Lord gave us the word now for July. And two prophets in a row have come and spoken on freedom. Freedom is now. It's now. This is, it's like the Lord said, okay, it really is now. Like we're not going to walk in this stuff anymore. And I want us just to declare freedom is now. Freedom is now. Can you speak that out? Freedom is now. It is now. It is now. Now in Jesus' name. Shalom is now in the name of Jesus. Freedom from the junk is now in Jesus' name. Peace and shalom increasing in your life is now. And so, Father, we just declare that now is the time. Now freedom is springing forth over this house. Now we are stepping into new places. And we thank you for it, God. We thank you that depression is broken off now. Oppression broken off. We agree. Broken off our region in Jesus' name. And we declare the abundance of God, the shalom of God is now. Shalom, shalom. Just put your hand on someone near you and declare shalom. Shalom, shalom is now. It is now, now, now. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it, God. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Freedom, freedom now. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Luke 14, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach good news. Somebody say this, to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free, to bring sight to the blind, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That is now. Now, so in the name of Jesus, every oppressive thing be gone. Get, come on, it's time to war up. What to rise up in war? We rebuke you, the Lord rebuke you. Every demonic thing, every plan of darkness, every robbing spirit, everything of anxiety, worry, everything of, of unprocessed emotions, God, break in in Jesus' name. Freedom, 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 freedom through the power of the Holy Spirit. It is a day of freedom. I saw it this morning during worship. I saw these, these uh, it's like talons, talons of a, kind of think of a, a bird, a vulture or something. And I saw these talons losing their grip and freeing God's people. Right now, let's just give a shout. Can we do that? In Jesus' name. Shout! Freedom! Shout! We stand in agreement with you, Lord. Shout! Breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. We believe it's not just a cliche. This is a new day. It is a new era for the church. Heal today, brokenhearted. Heal the brokenhearted, Lord. Heal the brokenhearted. Set the captives free. Freedom from patterns, even that was in your mother or your father generations past today is a day of freedom 
We declare freedom in Jesus' name. Freedom from our sons and daughters. Freedom!